Welcome to Crushing It, a podcast with notes of knowledge, hints of hilarity, fun forward, and super cheesy, which always pairs well with wine. That's good. Mm. <laughs> a little bit of class goes a long way. That's all I'm saying. Really pleasurable mouthfeel. On a scale of like prison hooch to a Willamette Valley sunrise, I would rate this a solid seven. Girl knows what she wants. <laughs> they need to put wine in pounders. I'd like to get my hands on that Methuselah. What is that? <laughs> oh, shit about this wine. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Crushing It. Crushing It! <laughs> Yo! I'm Sarah. And I'm Carly. She's Carly. That's Sarah. Over I there. even let her say her name this time. <laughs> I You're get welcome. to say my own name. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming back. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you talking to me or them? Oh, both, I guess. <laughs> it is our 10th uh, episode, or 10th, oh. mm, 10th visit yes. to a winery, and uh, that's what we committed to. So That is what we committed to. Carly Signed the contract. Carly submitted her <laughs> resignation this morning. And for any woo girls out there wanting to join this podcast. I'm accepting applications. <laughs> we might continue it. Yeah, I mean, summer's right around the corner, and that's the time I come alive, so I and, hate to... And things are actually starting to open, so it'll oh, be really funny. right, right, right. <laughs> Instead of having to make wheels and deals with people to let us in and <laughs> talk to right. us. That's right. <laughs> you know what was nice is it was like summer yesterday, and we got to go for a walk. It had been a while. Mm. It had been a while, and people were out, and they noticed that we hadn't been out in a while. They did, they did. <laughs> and we had our Wocktails. They were sponsored by our winery this week. Yes, Nomen <laughs> Wine. Thank you very much for contributing to our Wocktails program. Yes, Sauv Blanc. It was a hit. Oh, it was a hit. It was perfect for the day. Let's talk about our research assistant. Yes. Or maybe, maybe the focus this week will be on containers of wine. Did you hear? <laughs> Did you hear the story from uh, Modesto, California? Mm, please tell me. What did you hear? So there's this tanker of wine Love cruising this. down the highway, right? Yes. <laughs> and um, there's a car pulled over, and the guy's trying to like flag him down. Mm -hmm. And so he pulls over thinking this car's in trouble. Yeah, yikes. What a good Samaritan. <laughs> and the guy gets out of his car, and he's just in his undies. Yeah, he is, because it's <laughs> California, and you don't know what is happening It's down there. Modesto, more specifically. <laughs> and so the tanker's like, whoa, I didn't sign up for this, so he drives off. Yeah. The guy follows them, jumps on the tanker, mm -hmm. and the driver doesn't know. Yeah, and secret then, spy. And crawls around so that he can <laughs> open the valve on the tanker what and just start is in that tank Sarah start chugging the wine yes it was carrying wine and this guy <laughs> figured it out followed had a whole plan to attack and just driving around feeling the breeze all over oh really feeling the breeze and uh yeah enjoying some wine i mean that's not how i like to enjoy wine yeah but I say, you do you, boo. 
I don't know. He got arrested. Yeah. Um, and he good. also, like, made a thousand gallons of wine, like, spill out. Yeah, that's wasteful. That's why he got arrested. That's a party foul. <laughs> but I do appreciate the fact that he just wanted to cut out the middleman. Yes. He says, I do not need this to be in a bottle it's good for the or a box. <laughs> I just need it in a giant or a tank. Can. Yeah. No, none of these options work for me. <laughs> Straight to the large truck, please. <laughs> so thanks, Jeremy, as always, for finding these wonderful articles. Man, our research assistant finds the best <laughs> stuff. It's awesome. Or the worst stuff. <laughs> so then along that theme, mm-hmm. he also sent us the other article, which was actually useful. Yes, <laughs> Not which actually sparked a huge interest and got us really excited because of the things that are happening in a brand new winery here in the Willamette Valley. Yeah, it is women-owned, run, reimagined, like everything. They are uh, kind of breaking barriers and expectations and norms. Yes, I love that. These women know what they want to do. They are willing to take a look at something that has been going on and say, hey, why do we do it this way? They're questioning things and they are making big changes and they're doing the research and they are coming up with some really amazing stuff, not only for them, but the consumer. Yeah, totally. They were raised in the wine industry Yes. So it's in the family, and it sounds like the family is very supportive, but they're doing this stuff on their own. They had been talking about it for quite some time. There are four sisters, and, you know, when a pandemic hit, what did they decide to do? Not relax and watch a bunch of Tiger King like I did. No, not <laughs> No, they came up with a, a whole company. That's what they did. Yes. Super impressive. Yeah, to hear how quickly it all happened and the hurdles that they jumped over, um, you know, just kind of starting with the question of, hey, we need to figure out how to ship wine to people. Mm -hmm. And the solution that they came up with based on the research that they did is awesome. Go ahead, science us. Science. Well, so the thing that they came up with, I mean, they did so much research. These women are so stinking smart. They did the research on what type of plastic they needed to get for these containers. They were figuring out uh, all the pieces that really, really are important. I mean, everybody is doing this, you know, what container can I use? How long is it going to be in that container? How is it going to stay a delicious wine? And they're doing all this stuff, but they are making it so that we as a consumer are not paying for the container. Now we're just paying for really freaking good wine. And I appreciate that. Yeah, and the the um, PET container obviously takes down the weight, which then minimizes the footprint through the shipping, through the packaging, through all of those things. So it's very cool. They've solved this problem. They've got it out to you. They are shipping wine to people's doors, and they're even passing that savings that they're getting on to you. So you can get amazing wines for amazing prices. Seriously amazing prices. Yeah, so we get to talk to two of the sisters. Mm -hmm. They work together, they live together, no big deal. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I don't have a sister, so I do not know. But I would say maybe being around my brother, that would be 
probably too much time <laughs> as much as I love him. These two sisters that are uh, living together, working together, they are making it work and they have their system. Of course, their other goals are kind of like, like we've been trying to do, to make wine approachable, um, make some nice easy drinking wines, but then also they've been working during this latest shutdown on creating a space that is just very inviting. Yes. Hey, do you have plans this weekend? Ooh, I sure do. <laughs> well, one, it's Easter weekend, so happy Easter, Sarah. Mm, thank you. And Saturday, we have plans. We're going to a grand opening. We are, yeah. Yes. The No Man Grand opening, they have, they're ready for people. <laughs> they're excited <laughs> to see people. They're excited yes. to talk to people. And they're excited for you guys to see what they're doing. So they've been working on creating this space that they're inviting you into. It's a public event. It's open for everyone. It is Saturday the 3rd, mm -hmm. April 3rd. So if you're listening to this too late, you missed it. Whoops. But they are going to have an extra outdoor tent so they can have more room for distancing. They're going to have a food truck there. Mm -hmm. 10 to 4, Newburgh, Oregon. Yep. All right. So um, I guess we should go hear their story. Yeah. And drink some really awesome wine. Definitely drink some wine. We got yeah. to hang out in their new cozy space. We got to try their wines. We've got to learn how to kill rattlesnakes. Oh, yeah. Um, make some summer boating plans. And <laughs> I mean, I've learned so much from chatting with these women. And I cannot tell enough people about this new winery. So I'm excited to share it. Let's go hear their story. And then we will see you guys on April 3rd. Heck yes. So no man's actually Latin. It means name. Um, a lot of people think we're like raging feminists who hate men, which is false. <laughs> it just means name, and it's a play on like we're an all-girl team. Um, you see like all all over the place in wine industry. It's like father and son wineries, and that's great. Love that. It's family. But we're just like we're proud to be all-girl team, which is super uncommon. So we wanted to kind of yeah. highlight that with one of our brands in a fun way. But it also means name, and we're all we all have the same last name. So. Yeah. I'm part of the Riley family. We have four brothers, so we don't hate boys. Our dad's our biggest supporter. <laughs> boys are allowed. This is not an all Yeah, club. boys are allowed. As long as they know who's in charge, that's exactly. all. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is just a branch of a larger. Yes. So this is our first label. Um, Distaff is our, our whole company. And then Nomen is our first label. And this is our ship to your door line. So... We do a lot of direct shipping because we offer free shipping and it's sustainable shipping. Um, and then we're going to also be doing a line of glass bottles that are already coming out. They should be here by the time of our opening. And those are just going to be our Distaff wines. Um, so a separate label from this one. And then we won't be shipping the glass. Okay. Only get it here. Mm -hmm. Only get it here. That's a good reason to come here. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be kind of like, yeah, if you want to come, we'll offer you something unique here, but then yeah. we can ship yeah. the plastic. Yeah, that's awesome. So this is your first um, kind of like project mm -hmm. under the staff label. Are you guys planning on doing more? Yeah, definitely we'll be doing more. Um, we want to do more with not only our Nomen line, but also new new labels for the staff. 
Um, and this one we really started during the pandemic because we were like, well, we can't have this grand open house like you usually do for uh, opening your tasting room. Um, how do we get our wine into people's hands in a way that is different, exciting, and inexpensive because wine is so expensive to ship. So that's really where our journey led to alternative packaging and ultimately mm-hmm. the PET bottles. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I want to know more about the shipping situation because I'm very, like, we talked about it a bunch. We're like, this, like, this is like a thing. Mm-hmm. You're very intentional about yeah. like, why you're doing these sort of bottles, like exactly what type of materials you're using for the bottles and why. So do you want to talk a little oh, bit more? Oh, you like the science. I like the science. <laughs> yeah. But first, um, we haven't introduced Oh, them. yeah. <laughs> We've been here, so we know. But yes, go ahead. <laughs> okay, so we have two of the sisters. There's four. There's four sisters. Four yeah. sisters, yeah. and your mother are all involved in this project. Yes. Okay. Yes. And your father. And yeah. Yeah, okay. he's, he's allowed. <laughs> like you'll so let him be part of it. Yeah. Okay. So we have Bridget. Yes. And Mora. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. I'm going to say this wrong. Is it Brigitte? Is no. It like, <laughs> I've got called everything. In it. We've both been called everything under the yeah. sun, but that's actually the right pronunciation. Perfect. Bridget, yeah. Okay. And Mora, so tell us what you what your role is in the project. Well, I think as when you start a company, you wear like every hat under the sun. So we are currently doing that. Um I kind of have been managing the company from like the back end, a lot of the shipping, the website, um, working with our suppliers and all of that. And I do all direct to consumer shipping. So I will package everyone's orders and then ship them out myself. Um, And I just kind of took on that role. I've never done it before, but. And you're doing it with all the um, like state's shipping laws and all of that fun stuff that we all want to do. Yeah. 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 Making sure everything is kosher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the fun stuff. I did. I call myself the warehouse manager, so I'll like work the forklift in the back, unload trucks, and load them up, and oh, kind of been having fun with that. Oh, that is yeah, fun stuff, yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you guys literally do all of it. Here. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also a lot of work right now because of all the shipping that you've been mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. I work in the front end, and she works in the back, and it's funny because a lot of times I'll just like text her, I'm like, "Can you check your email and then do this and this?" And we're like, we're in the same building, but we act like we're yeah. in different departments. Yeah, we totally like, separate apartments. We like send each other an email or text. Yeah. yeah. It's so far to walk now. No, that's why those things are invented. Or yeah. Copies, whichever you prefer. Okay. Intro's done. You may feel yeah. like Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now I need to know the science behind it. So what are we using for these bottles? Because this is, like I said, very intentional. There's a lot of thought process that went into how you guys are doing this. Yeah, so they're a PET plastic, and there's a lot of different types of plastic, and we've learned that from actually delving into this. I knew nothing about it before. Um, and you hear, you know, plastic is bad, plastic, you know, X, Y, Z ends up in the landfills, ends up in the oceans. Um, and that is true of a lot of bad plastics, but there's such a wide variety, and um, PET is is really different. It's a highly sustainable plastic, um, and it's made from from a bunch of different types of material. It's um, mostly like a polyester, so it can be reused for clothes and carpets and tools and all sorts of things. It's a very reusable plastic, um, and it can be reused and you know, remade into these exact bottles over and over and over again. And so we really wanted to do something that, you know, if we're going to be advertising that 
glass is harmful, we really want to be choosing the most sustainable alternative. Mm -hmm. And that's really, and one that's not going to harm our wine. And so PET is also very inert. It doesn't leach anything to the environment. So it's not leaching all, any chemicals and it's also not leaching anything to the, into the wine. So it's a good oxygen barrier, and it's also good in terms of, you know, you don't want to see glass or plastic lying around anywhere. You, you know, prefer everything to be recycled. But if the chances, you know, that were, it's it's actually a very safe plastic. Um, and then and then also with the um, the PET, people can use it for all sorts of things, even in their homes. Like we use it as their water bottle and things like that. That maybe a glass bottle wouldn't be used for. Um, and so we've just been working really closely with, you know, our manufacturers and with, you know, the Oregon Recycling Program Company and just trying to figure out the best way that we can um, store wine, ship wine, keep wine and um, and be the most educated that we can so that we can have a sustainable wine from not only the vineyard, but all the way until the shipping process as well. That's amazing. Uh, and then you said free shipping? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they're so light and we no, don't need any extra packaging. So they'll fit perfectly into our boxes. And we don't need to have like, you know, all the extra cardboard or styrofoam or anything. And so it's just, it's super light and it's, I don't and know. Shatterproof, and shatterproof. So you don't too. need yeah. all of, you know, the pulp shippers or the styrofoam or the peanuts or anything like that. They're, they're shatterproof. Yeah, you don't have to worry about them breaking at all. Yeah, and we did design our own box too because they are slimmer um so we they don't quite fit into regular any shipping boxes so we did design our own box so they just slide right in package them send them off and we don't have to worry about any of the extra packaging waste as well that's awesome that's so cool yeah yeah so when it's your time to travel yeah right in your suitcase yeah yeah it's light it's been yeah it's been so nice having like visitors come through and we'll just give it to them and they'll put it right into their suitcase and you know, yeah, text sure. us when they get there, like, what is this? <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, shoot, that's like everybody's biggest thing. They're like, oh, yeah. we're just here visiting. Okay. Well, we can't fit it into our luggage. It's like, oh, yes, you can. Yeah. Like, I have Because so <laughs> I used to bring tons of, well, let's not pretend I was having like all these parties. But like when I go to California, I'd bring, you know, six bottles for the week. I thought that was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Lots of sweatshirts, even though I was going to Southern California, but it was all for the wine. Yeah. Now, <laughs> you don't have to worry about any of that. No, you really don't. Yeah. And that's the other thing is, too, what you were talking about when you were in that airport the one time. Oh, yeah. And you checked on a case. And it was before, like, we designed our boxes. So it was just, like, this crummy case. And all the wine just came, like, out the other end after getting there because the box was damaged. And everyone around me was like, oh, they, everyone started like gasping because they thought everything was going to break. And they just, just kinda, like bounced you know, and rolled. Bounced and <laughs> like, oh, it's fine. Let and me give you my card. Yeah. <laughs> it, was like, it was actually just like a marketing play. It was. It was. <laughs> yeah, you guys should just like go to airports. Yeah. Do there are a lot of questions like, where did you get that wine? Yeah, yeah. that's great. Great advertising. Yeah. Nice Thank you. Lumenwine.com. <laughs> and in terms of shipping, then, it, um, you were saying it is less than half the weight, mm -hmm. correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a normal case of yes. wine weighs? It can be. They vary so much. We've shipped cases of wine for 47 pounds. Mm -hmm. I know people have 40 pounds. It can be even more depending on all the extra stuff you put in. Um, glass can vary between three to five pounds per bottle. 
Um, so we've shipped for 47 and uh, our cases are uh, right over 20. So they're about 21.7, yeah. I think. Yeah. 21.4. She's the numbers. Wow. That's, I mean, that is a huge selling point. That's mm-hmm. for, yeah. You're just like, oh, sure. Yeah. Let me yeah. spend all this wine with you. No worries. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Good for you yeah. guys. Brilliant. I love that. I know when I have to ship wine, like I work at Durant. Okay. So I'm in the area where I'm getting all these things ready to ship. And my job then is to take all of it, put it on, see how much it weighs. Mm -hmm. Dang, yeah. Some of those are heavy. Some of them are heavy. Yeah. And you need it too because glass bottles are, they need a lot of protection and padding. You can't just ship them willy nilly. They need a lot of protection. And Mm -hmm. that's one thing that's, I think, been a huge, um, blessing for us coming into this industry is that we've done the same things like we've been in the shipping departments we've sold wine we've shipped wine and it's like dang there has to be a better way there has to be a better way than what we're doing and also being on the bottling line you see the glass getting shipped over usually from china and then it's getting trucked all along every step of the way it's this huge heavy weight this huge Mm -hmm. expense huge footprint and then it gets there it comes out of the boxes it goes through the bottling line just to be put into new boxes and they're sent to the winery and then they're put into new boxes and it's just the whole step of the way it's very inefficient and it's also just the way things are done like people when we said we wanted to do new bottles we're like well that's kind of gimmicky glass is the way to go and it's like well why like why why is glass the way that that everybody has to do it i mean corkscrews used to be laughed at and now everybody's embracing them um kind of have to adapt and evolve as technology does and PET is proven to be very inert so far being tests are still being done but at least 18 months and and we're still doing tests we think you know much longer potentially as long as as glass if technology keeps advancing yeah I mean I love that you might as well question like why are we still doing things Mm -hmm. yeah yeah repeat everything yeah so that's great that you guys have come up with I mean plastic bottles screw caps i could take it to the pool right now yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i just need actual weather oh, okay. <laughs> a pool a pool <laughs> and sunshine oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but i have the wine yes. i can be drinking it <laughs> yeah and then at the end you could yeah. drop it right into your like plastic recycling on the way out yes of course yeah yeah, yeah. feel good about your decision <laughs> But more importantly, what's in our glass? So this is our rosé, and it is mostly a rosé of Syrah. Um, The grapes are sourced from the Columbia Valley area, right across the the border in the Gorge area. Um, And we wanted to make a rosé that all of our wines we wanted to make in a style that we would personally drink, like very approachable, easy drinking. Um, and for rosé, we really wanted to stay away from the syrupy, sweet rosés, just because that's our personal style. So it's a nice, it's almost like a sweet tart. It's very bright, mm-hmm. fruit forward, it's in stainless steel. And it's just going to be a really great, and it's still it's still young, but it's going to be a really great summer wine. And that's really what we wanted, um, a wine that we could take kayaking, that we could have with family dinner, and just very versatile rosé. Yeah. Sweet tart is a good descriptor. It is a great descriptor. I think I, I, think I drank it just as you said that. And I was like, oh, yes, that, that is, is very tasty. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I do also tend to go, like, I want things tart. I like dry. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I Same. Like that feel. 
Yeah. Same, yeah. I feel like all of I us. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All, We're going to be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have kayaks. Someone just invited herself to go <laughs> this summer. Yeah. <laughs> It's perfect. Oh, for the boat. This is for great. The boat. We finally found it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard going on the boat, and I'm like, oh, I could really go for just like a very crisp, you know, Sauvignon Blanc or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Like, well, gotta remember, bring the corkscrew. Yeah. This is glass. Gotta be careful. Where my, you know, go vino. So it's then she just thing. brings white claws instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we spent the whole summer yeah. drinking white claws when we kayak too. We didn't spend the whole summer doing that. When we kayaked, <laughs> we oh, bought white claws. <laughs> we kayaked a lot. <laughs> yeah. We had a few other things we did in between. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing was like, these are easy. These are fun. Like, And I've, we were actually listening to this seminar of a bunch of winemakers talking about, well, all our young people are going to seltzer. Like everybody's going to seltzer right now. And um, I listened to that, and the takeaway was, well, what is Seltzer doing, right? Like, what is Hard Seltzer doing? What is White Claw doing, right, that they can get this whole generation or, like, this whole – not even generation. I think it's just people that want to have easy, approachable wine or drinks in general. And let's bring that – try to bring that to the wine industry. So this is kind of, like, our mm-hmm. way of – you know, we have fun labels and – uh, convenient packaging and instead of like what was me seltzer stealing everybody just like well let's look at them and see what yeah. they're doing right yeah. they're doing something right yeah. clearly yeah we had to try every <laughs> single <laughs> seltzer it's true yeah i have had to do kind of like you know i would like to do a blind tasting i keep saying that i want to do that like Okay, give me the grapefruit of every single kind and I can <laughs> truly figure out what is my favorite. I'm willing still to do that research, but Yeah. They all have their own unique flavor. Yeah. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> uh, it was nice of you not to give up on them and be like, fine, they're all drinking seltzer. We'll just yeah. On yeah. A different demographic or whatever. So. And we're also drinking seltzer. It's yeah. not like I don't I think a lot of people just I don't know, they put things in boxes too easily of there's the wine drinkers, the salsa drinkers, the beer drinkers. Like, well, you can – I enjoy all three of those things. Like, you can reach people in all all of them. And I think the wine industry is almost in some ways the last to do that. Beer is very approachable. Um, seltzer is very approachable. And I think a lot of times people look at the wine industry and they're like, well, I don't have enough knowledge yet to, to go wine tasting. Or I don't have enough experience to go wine tasting. And you really do have to kind of break those barriers in every way that you can and reach those people that – are afraid to go wine tasting or those the husband and wives that come in and the husbands are like, well, I'm, I'm a beer drinker. I don't drink wine. It's like, well, you don't have to be able to sit there and talk about the tasting specs. You can just have a glass and, and chill and, yeah. and enjoy it. You don't have to be too intimidated. And so that's really our whole philosophy for our space here. Mm-hmm. Our labeling, our branding is just, you know, there's no pretenses. You can come yeah. in and know nothing and, and still have a glass of wine. Yeah. I think that is a perfect way to go about it. Cause yeah, I think, wine industry even though people are starting to kind of figure it out it's still very um you know intimidating like Mm -hmm. you said so people Mm -hmm. are like oh I don't know how to do this yeah and you know we do our podcast and we ask you know sometimes dumb questions because we want people to not feel like oh shoot I can't ask that yeah dumb question but "Mm, no question is dumb we'll just ask all these questions and if it helps somebody great yeah (laughs) yeah 
Oh, that is so true. We've both worked in tasting rooms for a long time. And you do get that people are like, this might be a dumb question. It's like, ask it. We don't. Or we get like the newly 21-year-olds come in like really sheepishly for a we while. Never like, wine so tasting sorry. Before. They'll wait until you're like, completely cleared of everyone. I'm like, sorry, you've never done this before. <laughs> it's like this huge thing to them. And yeah. yeah, it's very intimidating. But it is. And we're and so then part of it, too, is, like, by hearing everybody, like, we just sit with people and have, essentially, we have a glass of wine. Yeah. They tell us about it, but they, and we learn some stuff along the way, but they also tell us their stories. And, you know, most people are like, I didn't know anything about wine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when yeah. I, I didn't know anything about wine when I worked in a tasting room like that. It was just like, oh, this would be a good second job. Yeah. You learn. Yeah. You absorb, and, but even if you don't know, you just figure out what you like and what you don't. And right. Go from there. Um. So... I mean, I hope you don't find this offensive. You guys are both very young. Mm-hmm. So do you take on, like, what your friends and, like, what you guys enjoy and obviously, like, use that to push that into what you guys are doing? Because I would feel like if I'm creating wine, it's going to be for me and my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, obviously, <laughs> like, everybody's going to enjoy this. But is that something that you guys think about? Um. I think to a certain extent, yes. Um, but also I've worked with, in the wine industry for so long that I don't really think of it as just me and my friends. I think mm-hmm. of it, that's part of it for sure. Um, something that I personally would want to enjoy. But it's also kind of coming from a place of being tired of, this also might come across offensive, how boring the wine industry is mm-hmm. a lot of times. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a bunch of old white dudes. Um <laughs> And, and it's we've even gotten this a few times. It you know we have thick skin, so it doesn't bother us. But you know like oh this isn't the way things are done like from older people in the industry. And like you um, just stick to tr- tradition. Yeah, you like might not understand women. tradition. Yeah. Women in the industry, we've gotten that. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of times it's like no, like if we're gonna drink wine, we're gonna make whatever we want. We're we know what we're doing. We've worked in the industry our entire lives. Our mom has worked in the industry her entire life. Like, you're not going to tell us that this is the way things are done, and this is what we actually want to do, so we're going to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love it. You go, girl, and also that's badass. Like, <laughs> yeah, tell people, like, this is how we're doing things. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't like it, there are plenty of other places. Yeah. Like, you can go have wine out of a glass bottle if it really bothers you. For sure. Across the street. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, you can find a few places that yeah. certainly kind of got Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, yeah, you guys are doing something different, and you're doing an awesome job at it. So, like, yeah, who cares? Bye. Wine <laughs> haters, like, yeah. whatever. Yeah, cheers to you. Yeah, Thank you. you. And this rosé is delightful. Uh, yes. Yes, it's how we like to drink it. Yeah. So yeah. It. Is this somebody's favorite or you guys were just like, yeah, we need, we definitely need a rosé. Um, definitely that, but also isn't it your, is it your favorite? favorite? Yeah. yeah. We all have kind of our, our favorites and I think it changes for me all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the tasting. With the weather is a big part of it. When we we're testing, like test tasting through the wines, this was just all of our favorites. Yeah. We really like the rosé and the color just turned mm-hmm. out really nicely. and. Then what's your favorite? Um, it changes. I really like our um, Sauve Blanc right now. Um, and it's funny because I typically don't like Sauve Blanc. And when we made it, I was like, well, it cannot be. I don't like the very perfumey, over-the-top, fruit-forward, and sometimes a little thicker Sauve Blanc. So it's a very crisp light, and it's exactly how I would drink a white. Yeah. Um, when we were test-tasting through this, I kept looking at her like, 
Because <laughs> yeah. you, you don't normally drink it. I don't like yeah. yeah, I don't usually. And that's the thing is I, I'm also open to having my mind changed. There's definitely been some some Blanc that I've really liked. So, um, yeah. yeah. The way we made this one I really liked. And then um, also like our Malbec. I've always loved Malbec in general. So that was the one I thought was going to be my favorite. Um, but it's a close it's a close second right now. So I've read a bit about the research that you did in terms of how people actually treat the wine that they buy, right? Mm-hmm. So most of the wine that you're going to buy, you're going to drink, right? Yes, yeah. We did a lot of research, and I think I think it's also just you know that everybody drinks wine just from your friends' behaviors and, like, your family's behaviors. You know that most people drink wine soon after buying. So when people are talking about cellaring wine, kind of like opens the door of like, well, how many people are actually doing that? And it turns out, I mean, there's been different studies, but anywhere from 90 to 99%, there's been different studies of, of wine bought is consumed day of purchase, um, or at least within three days of purchase. And so there's been different studies out, but you know, all of that together shows that people drink wine very soon after purchasing, whether it's one to three days, but that's usually the buying pattern and people are picking up a bottle on the way to a party or they're picking up a bottle to gift and it's usually consumed shortly after that um and so that's well if you want to have a glass bottle and you want to sell it that's you're talking to one percent of people that are buying wine so there are so many options out there for them um and i think if pet well pet is more sustainable than glass then uh 97 99 percent of wine should be in a short-term container like pet not glass if it's getting drink same day of so we do a lot of research about that and yeah I mean our own studies just of observing people plus (laughs) countless of studies yeah (laughs) plus countless official studies you know back that up of majority of people are not cellaring or if they're cellaring they're cellaring a very small percentage of the wine they actually consume um so yeah. One more. <laughs> but it's true too. Even like if I buy a bottle, I know that it's a bottle that I, uh, oh, I'll take this to dinner. I don't care if other people drink it. It's the very yeah. small percentage of bottles I have. And I'm like, I don't want to waste this. I'll just get them. Right. Yeah. 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 But- <laughs> it's a nice bottle. And that's the other thing is we are going to have some glass here for cellaring. Um, we're not going to ship it. And if you want a really nice bottle to lay down, then yes like we offer that as well but that's I mean the majority of wine is not mm-hmm. going to be cellar like that so we're not going to sell it like yeah. that yeah. also we wanted to offer like nicely <laughs> priced wine yeah that's drink now wine so glass just adds yeah. on a huge expense so I mean if we want to sell affordable wine we need to find affordable packaging mm-hmm. and these are a lot more affordable than glass in every aspect of even how they make it um to how it's shipped and, and stored and everything it's just way less expensive where is the producer of these these um they come from i believe the washington area i mean they're, they're made in in the states um but yeah there, there's a few different suppliers as well that do these type of bottles um all of them so far have been in the states but yeah I mean, even if we were getting them from overseas, which we're not, I mean, the expense of shipping something across that's heavy glass versus heavy plastic is just a huge, huge cost saver. Yeah. So what is the range um, for a bottle here? So our rosé and our Saw Blanc go for 12. Oh, yeah. And then our Malbec is 15 and our Cab is 16. And those are shipped prices because we don't offer shipping. So 
that's all factored in. So you'll get those to your door for those prices. Okay, fine. I'll go home with some wine. <laughs> um, question about laying, can you lay these down? Like if you weren't going to drink it, say in the next few days, how long can you wait? So the official studies on these say 18 months, but even after that, that's only because their studies have ended there. Um, so they've been proven up until 18 months. Um, we're doing our own research, and so we'll have a better idea once, you know, what their shelf life is beyond that. Um, but they are so incredibly sturdy and inert that so far we have no reason to believe that they are not going to be as stable as glass. Um, I think, honestly, the biggest thing will be the screw cap. So as long as glass with screw cap can be laid we think that these will be, but that's just an opinion. We're still like working on our studies and we'll be able to have a better grasp beyond the 18 month period once we actually have wine in bottle for more than 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, <wow. laughs> Stay tuned. I, I mean, probably not. Like, I would buy one, drink it, and then maybe put yeah. one aside and forget about it, hopefully. Yeah. And then surprise <laughs> when I found it again. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. That's how it goes. Yeah. You, you hide it from Nick and then... I hide it from Nick and myself. Yeah. <laughs> myself. <laughs> Sometimes I am surprised what I find when I'm going through it. Go back through there? Yeah. Okay, so we want to... You said you've been in the wine industry pretty much your whole lives. Who wants to start telling um, how we ended up <laughs> to where we are now? More is going to start. Um, so, yeah, we worked... Um, like Our high school jobs and middle school jobs were... like from the very bottom, working in the vineyards, we're like doing all the dirty work, pruning and everything. This is for Owen Row? For Owen Row, yeah. Um, so all of our summer jobs and, you know, whenever we were on break, we would do that. And then we would work our way up to the cellar and then we all did different things. You know, some of us worked in the lab and then the tasting rooms and in marketing and sales and stuff like that. And then, um, and then we kind of slid off and did our own things. We went to college. Um, and then I was kind of, I worked at, for Owen Rose, the taste room manager here in Oregon up until, um, I think that was January 2020, I think is it when was I, just last yeah, year. Yeah, it was just last year. And then I, you know the year feels yeah, like. it does, <laughs> it does. And then I had these grand plans to travel the world and do all these different oh, things. Yeah. And so I was like in Norway and then Ireland and then the pandemic hit, and so I moved back to Oregon. And then that's when we all kind of connected again, and then this came up from that. Yeah, and you basically talked about our working jobs, though, because that's true. We started in high school, but I remember, like, portable cribs inside of cellars <laughs> yeah. with, some, like, you in them. Yeah. And so we've grown up around that since very – like, we would do punch downs and sorting grapes mm-hmm. as, like, we work, like, fun jobs. Yeah, events yeah, and stuff. Yeah, was it fun or was it – did you hate it at the time? I always thought it was fun because well, we, we were weren't forced kids, to do yeah. it. It was, like, my mom is there to help and we're just hanging out there. But it – it's pretty magical as a kid. Um, there's a lot of dangerous equipment, so it's, you know, you have to be confined <laughs> to some spaces. But... I remember the first time I ever sorted grapes, so someone had, like, put me on two different boxes. Yeah, you're so standing up on boxes reach. and reaching over. Because I couldn't reach. Oh, yeah, in, like, my little rubber boots. Yeah, I remember thinking it was fun, and it was definitely, I think, 
you also take pride in, you know, like if people are talking about wine, you're like, oh, I sorted the grapes from that. And yeah. so there's even pride from a little kid about doing it. But it's also just fun. You get to like sort through all the grapes to find like the leaves. And it was almost like a fun game when you're little. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely, you know, just like mostly there because our parents were doing the actual hard work. Um, and then when we got old enough to actually be legally hired, then we were doing we were not given any special treatment. My dad's like, here is my vineyard manager, report to him. And so we were there, you know, 5 a.m. in the fields picking grapes and, you know, all of that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely our whole lives is like got two periods of when actually working and then actually just being a kid around it. Um, but, yeah, and then eventually we were given more responsibility once it was earned. And then um, – we went on to do different things. I went to work at a winery in California um, where my brother was the winemaker. And then I worked in the lab for Harvest with him. So I did all the lab analysis. And then I worked as a wine club manager for the winery and like a tasting room associate as well. And then you were doing the organ scene. So yeah. both kind of running different tasting rooms. And then, yeah, both got kind of the jolt with the COVID like everybody else did of like, well, not doing much. Let's start our next thing together. So. We dragged our feet and came back to Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. (laughs) So you guys, is there any job that you have not done Hmm. in the winery? Um... I'm sure there is. Like between the ages, uh, what, two? (laughs) So before I can remember... I mean, she's over here driving major equipment, so <laughs> I feel like maybe they have. <laughs> um, I mean, that's the beauty of the wine industry is there's so many different wine jobs. Um, there's ones that we love more than other. Yeah. But I feel like we have really explored a lot of them. Um, like my sister's drawn the labels. We figured out, you know, label requirements and all of that. Um, have made the wine, bottled, worked harvests, and so I think we have dabbled in almost everything and then really honed into our passions over the years of what we actually do like mm-hmm. yeah I found it I'm make up for it now <laughs> yes <laughs> I will is it's the true. wine made here in no, this was a winery at one point. It's outfitted to be a winery. Um, but we make most of our wine up in Washington near where we get the grapes. It's just another part of our efficiency and sustainability is actually make it so we're not hauling them back and forth. Um, and then the wine will end up here where we can ship it out. Oh, gotcha. So in Washington, do you guys have like your business up there or do you have people that are making it for you? We make the wine. We do work with um, local wineries in Washington to house our wine basically. Mm -hmm. And then we can actually make the wine there. Um, But yeah, we, this is just not quite because of all of our shipping that we're doing from here. It's not quite the space yet. and might eventually either expand. Um, But right now it's easier for us to, head to Washington and call the wine shots there and have it age in barrel and do all the testing there, then do everything here and run that besides our shipping and everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. I mean, you might as well. Like, the grapes are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go there. <laughs> yeah, there. and they're outfitted yeah. to to have the equipment so that we can, you know, actually call our shots and what we want, and, and it can be done in a way that might take us much longer if we were kind of starting from scratch here as well. So do you guys 
I mean, are you making the wine? Um, or is it like more like your whole family? Are you guys all there like trying to figure out like, nope, we want a little bit more time on this or? It's a bit of all of that. Um, we are the winemakers as a company. So a lot of it is, you know, our mom or and us and we all have different tastes for different things so it's a lot honestly this sounds very bougie but a lot of it is honestly tasting you know where we have the wine um we call the shots how we want it cellared and how we want it aged and what kind of yeast and all that we want added mm-hmm. to it and then a lot of it is just testing on the way to make sure that it's being held to our our standards along the way yeah again <laughs> the boss babes it's like oh no we will have it this way because, I mean, it's your label. And yeah. It's your name. And so, yeah, might as well have exactly what you want. And we want to drink things that we like. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why would we? Yeah. Where's um, the fourth sister? So one is on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, she's in school. Label. Yeah, and she's in her senior year of college. Um, and then the baby? No, so that's there's our baby sister is only a senior in high school. So she... She has actually a huge help to us. But, but we call her the intern. Yeah. We call her the intern. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets our coffee, but she actually has. Oh, yeah. She's like she a, a real intern. But she actually, she doesn't really act like a youngest because no, she, she knows her own mind like nobody else. Like maybe that is the youngest treat. I'm not sure. But we'll ask her, like sometimes we'll be torn about different label ideas. We're like, oh, this looks good. This looks good. I know. We're like, Rosie, what do you think? She's like, nah, hate that one. Want that one. I'm like, yeah, cool. she knows this one. <laughs> she's even like, she's like, she helps with drink, all but... like videos and photography and stuff like that. Yeah. A lot of videos yeah. and like her oh, social media cool. and yeah. She's helpful yeah, with that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have an older brother in California who makes wine there. So. Um, and then he and his wife also started a hard cider company called Anna's Cider, and they're out of, like, that same same area, too. Oh, awesome. We're all in the alcohol industry. Yeah. <laughs> so your mom and dad both are in the wine industry and have been mm-hmm. their whole lives as well? Yes. Okay. So um, my dad, he's been in the wine industry since before I was born, since... Mm-hmm. I don't know, 80s, I think. I think right um, after he graduated from college. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty much when he jumped into it. He worked for several wineries, some local wineries, and then um, from there started his own too. And I think a lot of it too is being in the industry and realizing what you want is what his whole journey was as well, being in the wine industry and realizing what he wanted and then us working with him and realize what we wanted. And it's just kind of, you know, getting that experience is, is really great just to be able to start your own and have that experience. And then he worked with my mom. She did... She was a huge brains behind the operation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she also did a lot of the labels and, like, artwork. A lot of the labels, yeah. artwork, and... They started Owen Road together. They started Owen Road mm-hmm. together, yeah. And then just more and more, um, you know, as, as companies get bigger, it, it turns into, like, like we were talking about earlier, it's like if, if a husband and wife show up to an event together, automatically all the questions get directed to the, the guy because it's, you know, a wine industry, and obviously they are... 50 50 partners in this and so she's like you know I just want to do something where if other women are feeling this way they can have that support and a voice and and just have that um community to turn to um it doesn't even have to be in the wine industry and that's why we have different girls like a chef on one label or a lawyer you know doctors um and just really highlighting women in different industries and just to kind of have that community base in a, in a fun way, like on a label on the wine and, you know, not 
to bash men, but just to like have this community of like uplifting mm-hmm. women in all industries. Yeah, you get to have that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys want some that was one thing when I started following you guys <clears throat> on social media. I was like, oh my gosh, their artwork is so much fun. It is. Um, yeah, my little sister did all the artwork. And she, at first, when we asked her to design labels, she was like, no, I can't because I like wine, but wine's boring. Yeah. And I don't really want to do that. We're like, no, do your own <laughs> style. And she kind of like yeah. always was but into like... <laughs> Wine is boring, though. Yeah. And she's like, loves her seltzers and everything. But we're like, no, take your cartoon style. So she has this cartoon style of drawing. And, you know, create your own thing. It can be as fun as you want. She's like, okay. And then, you know, did all of this artwork. But yeah. And she already has new ideas. She's like, oh, I'm so bored of the old labels that I did. I'm like, you just did them. She's like, I know. I have new ideas. They're going to be better. I'm like, okay. Awesome. So, did you go to college for wine or for business and is she going for art or you know, nope. things like this? No. <laughs> no? I didn't want to go into wine after college. Um, I, uh-huh. yeah, I feel like we all didn't really want to and I just went for like got a little bit of arts degree and I don't really know what I wanted to do after college. For a while I, I wanted to go into the army while I was in high school and then now I'm here so <laughs> I don't know what happened. Well, I think it's hard to go from the very down-to-earth um, behind the scenes part of the wine industry where you work in the field you know all the people you know your growers you know people that are working in your cellar and we had a really great environment at my dad's winery yeah. where it was 50% women 50% men because he didn't hire based on who you like who, where you came from he hired on your talent and so it ended up just being like a mixed um, group so and yeah. it was just really great people that we got to work with and then you when you transfer into more of the business side it's totally different. The business side of wine industry versus the actual winemaking is it has a pretty big disconnect. You have the people that are rating the wines, the wine consumers, the people that are pouring the wine, and a lot of times there can be this huge disconnect to what is actually a very down-to-earth industry. It is essentially farming, um, and you don't really get that a lot of times translated into the actual tasting room side of things. It comes across as very posh and poised and ratings and tasting notes and I think that kind of deterred a lot of us from joining the wine industry um just because that's not who we really are we were farmers and we enjoyed a glass of wine at the end of the day and that kind of scene wasn't although it's very fun for gatherings and girls outings it's just not something that we really could see ourselves being passionate about working for um, so a lot of us were just like, nope, we want nothing to do with the wine industry. And it took, you know, kind of, well, we'd have to do something different to, to be back in that, that made us start this. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just so excited that this is happening and people are getting a different taste of what the wine industry can be about. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah we're pretty excited. It's a fun, it's a fun new way to do it and um, to get people excited about a lot of times I think the new big thing is how to get people excited about wine and I think just coming up with ways that you yourself at your core would want to enjoy wine. Maybe it's not for everyone. We're not trying to cater to everyone. We're trying to cater to the people that 
want, you know, a very uh, approachable style of wine drinking, um, an affordable style, one that can be shipped to your door, one that's easy drinking. Um, and that might not be for everyone, but we think it'll be for a good amount of people. We think 97%. But. Yeah. <laughs> According to some study. It is an interesting time in the Valley, though, too, because it's been, you know, a few decades now. And so some people, you know, oh, we're slowly turning into Sonoma or Napa. But then there's that other side of people who come in who are like, mm, wine can be fun. Yep. Yeah. Let's do this or let's have farm-to-table dinners out in the vineyard instead of, like, a fancy tasting room yeah you know, everybody's stories we hear different personalities yeah different oh yeah personalities and how they approach things so that's the other thing is people in snow and napa now are are saying well how do we get like they they're in trouble to be totally honest with you know all of their um seminars and um new news articles because it's hard to pivot during a pandemic when your style is i have this great fancy expensive tasting room experience and that is who you are they are really going to be having to have a lot of tough discussions about what they're going to be doing different. And unfortunately, and it's so sad, it's for tons of restaurants and tons of uh, wine tasting rooms. They're in a lot of trouble because, you know, their whole philosophy was, you know, this very beautiful tasting room. Um, and that's really something that we are very blessed to have started during a pandemic is because we could see that that's just would not be sustainable for us. Like we needed to think outside the box and how we could get wine to people's doors and in their hands when we couldn't see them in person. Um, so we're honestly, like, at, this kind of sounds weird, but lucky to have started during the pandemic versus before because we could kind of see foresee that the future mm-hmm. would be. Well, you created it for the time. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we did. change your whole, like, core value. Yeah. Shoot, now we have to do it this way. Right. I mean, this is just – how you guys do it and mm-hmm. people are going to get used to that and oh great cool yeah. <laughs> why you shipped me all the time yeah yeah for an affordable price mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome this is fantastic i was gonna say yeah. did we hear about the sub blanc yes this is our sub blanc I don't like more of the full-bodied whites. I like a more lean, like crisp, fruit-forward white. And so this is something that we really wanted to, again, that approachability. It does have a really nice fruit-forward floral nose, but it is a very crisp, kind of lighter white. And it is 100% stainless steel again. And we just really wanted to make something that was a very approachable, easy drinking, but also stands up very well with, you know, I think it, is a phenomenal like summer white wine with your pastas and fish and salads it's um definitely has a lot of character as well oh yeah yeah I can definitely see myself drinking a bit of this <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I feel like we could go tasting together uh I'm really digging yeah here's like speaking <laughs> to my wine heart right now it's like Yay. yep me too yep me too <laughs> yeah it's very nice it has that explosion at the end I feel like mm-hmm. it's a bit peachy. yeah it's a lot of like peach I think a little like citrus lemon curd notes um and that's the other thing it doesn't drop off like some whites like our rosé you know it's a little bit more tart and kind of a lighter mm-hmm. finish and this one definitely has kind of like that nice kick even till till the end has a nice strong finish and your focus has been on the gnomon stuff but overall you're the distaff wine company mm-hmm. and so you'll have additional labels yeah. Do you want to talk about those at all? 
Yeah, sure. I mean, we're going to, we already have quite a few of our wines either in barrel or in bottle already. Um, and we have some really fun, unique varietals. And that was what we wanted to do with Distaff is have some fun. So we have like a Blaufrankisch and we have some different varietals that you don't usually hear of. And we can tell our stories through talking about these fun mm-hmm. varietals and, you know, why we chose them, the grapes that we've worked with and planted, our growers. Um, and so we really wanted to have a line of wines that we could talk about why we chose them, the reasons, and create a conversation. And um, we're hoping to have all those ready by April 3rd as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And again, then shattering those norms, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's, try this. let's try this variety. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I've never had it before. You know, people are like, I usually drink this. Like, well, we don't have that, but you might like this new fun varietal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just kind of having something outside the box. I mean, it's, it's always fun to try it. I mean, people have to understand that part, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's a thing. Varietals, the wine industry does not have to live off of Pinot. Um, yeah. It's cool to find something else. Yeah, that's right. True. Yeah. But being in Washington, or, you know, that's where your grapes are, mm-hmm. you guys have a lot of playroom, mm-hmm. I feel like, in Washington. So you can get some yeah there's some crazy microclimates in in washington in general you get you know yakima which is you know desert and grow a lot of those big reds um and then you know we do we will also be sourcing or we have also been sourcing from places in oregon as well for future vintages and so it's kind of fun to have that room to play around and get stuff from a very moist like rich soil um ava and then you go to you know your warmer high desert and you can get very different wines from literally you know 50 miles apart and be able to make some really fun different wines under your same label just all from your backyard basically i liked it (laughs) (laughs) i know i was trying to pace myself better you're doing a great job thank you so much (laughs) All right, what's our next wine? So this one is our Malbec. This one, my favorite thing about this, honestly, is the color. It's like a beautiful, like dark purple. But again, this guy's a very nice, um, it's medium to full-bodied red. And we do use um, French oak for for both of our reds, um, just a small percentage for this one. But again, a very approachable, easy-drinking red. Um, I think, you know, Malbec is starting to get more recognition and well-known but there's still quite a few people that haven't tried it we really wanted to create a really um easy drinking smooth fruit forward malbec while still preserving you know those kind of spicy um peppery notes that are typical to it and just really have a chance to have people try a malbec and and hopefully fall in love with it because it is so approachable Mm -hmm. i've been to argentina a few times i have one of my best friends lives there and it's just nice to be able to kind of bring back like, you know, oh, I loved that from there. Or, you know, we can grow this in Washington and um, have a really like fun, approachable way to like discover a new bridal or, you know, you've already discovered it, but have a good experience with it or, or create a favorite with it just because it is, I think, a very um, easy drinking while keeping the style of a Malbec. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always my favorite. I think when, you know, I first started really trying to pick out different reds um, when I was younger, Malbec was always my favorite because you could always 
taste like the spiciness to it and I always knew exactly like oh that that's a Malbec yeah yeah this is 18 right so you launched in 19 but you already had plans for yeah we've been modeling. sitting on some wines for a while because we knew that we did want to do this we didn't know they've been in barrel or in tank for a while depending on our different vintages but we didn't know how or when we'd release them we just knew that we would so it kind of turned out perfect timing to bottle last year well how long did it take then from when you were like hey let's try to get wines to people to figuring out your plastic bottle and your shipping and all that stuff like it seems like it all came together pretty quickly yeah we we don't like to be <laughs> <laughs> no it, it doesn't seem like that <laughs> in the moment it seemed like a long time but looking back yeah. on it, it was very fast <laughs> that is actually very true yeah we also don't like to be bored. We're a family That's of people true. like we to not get, sit around. Yeah. And so we did move back March or April of last year, literally beginning of pandemic. Yeah. And then we were selling our wine in these bottles in December. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So everything just like you said, let's try it this way. Mm-hmm. And then it all worked. Mm-hmm. You're like, we'll make labels. Yeah. Right? Yep. And okay. Everything just fell into. Well, yeah. I mean, it. it, it Looks not looking back, yeah, falling into place. Yeah. There's a lot of hurdles and ups and downs to get through that. You know, we had bottling lines like, nope, you're crazy. You can't bottle wine in plastic bottles. And we just had to find that one person that was like, sure, I'm down to do that with you. I don't know why it wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, and mm-hmm. I think that there's this whole idea, again, this is the way things are done. You know, things are done in glass bottles. I and mean, I'm sure the first people that you use screw caps were told the same thing. You know, you just kind of have to overcome those hurdles and – um, find that one person that's like, that doesn't sound too crazy to me, or that sounds crazy, so I want to do it, mm-hmm. um, sort of mentality, and we... You're crazy, let's do <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. 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 Instead of the people like, you're crazy, no way. And we got so many people that were just like, well, plastic would crush, or we did it on a line and it would crush the plastic, and we just had to find that one person that was like, well, I adjusted a few things on my mm-hmm. line, and I made it work, and yeah, I can do that. So yeah, I mean, now looking back, things fell into place, but it was a lot of fast-paced decisions and finding the right things to work mm-hmm. for us in the yeah. time. Well, we have one more red. Mm-hmm. Can we try our cab? Oh, awesome. You guys do a Pinot Noir? Um, we do table? have, not for our Noman label, but we do have a Pinot Noir right now. Um, it's called Rocks of Bon, and it's a... A label that we do as a family, eventually as like a distaff wine, but we kind of started it before we even really um, did anything else. So it's technically labeled by the O'Reilly family. Oh, okay. And we will um, be pouring that. Don't want to be a scrooge here. Thank you. Also help yourselves. (laughs) Yeah, also don't want any more of any of these. But yeah, we'll be pouring that wine on April 3rd as well, um, and we're coming out with um, a new label for that wine as well. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you guys really don't like to sit around. It's a little boring that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, just, it's just the two of them here. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Now? <laughs> I'm just imagining it like the buzz in here that can be happening with people filling up all these tables and this mm-hmm. open. Yeah. And, I mean, you can see beautiful hill country, and it's just like, dang, okay, yeah. Yeah. It's a good spot. Yeah, that's what we want. I mean, 
we want to be able to have people in here and have a good time, relaxed time, you know, kind of more of like a relaxed brewery vibe, you know, where it's not too stiff, but also we're more than happy to share a story of our wine and, and who we are as well. Kind of give that that mixed vibe towards our winery. Yeah. When you come here, you're not just going to be tasting these four. You're going to be tasting our new releases as they come, and then also our distaff wines, which will be released very soon as well. 2018 Cabernet, anything to give us about this? So this one is kind of like our luxury wine. <laughs> it's a $16 wine. Um, <laughs> but we uh, aged this one in our um, French oak barrels, and it's going to be a lot more full-bodied. It's got a nice big round finish, a lot of dark fruit, blackberry, blueberry on the nose. Um, but yeah, this one I think is a very high-end wine for for what we do. Um, I mean, all of our wines we wanted to be quality and high-end, but this is a very like full-bodied, well-balanced, big red. Um, definitely the biggest wine that we do. Again, you know, it's in a plastic bottle. You can take it to a snow trip, but you can also bring it to a fancy dinner and it will hold up well um, with any bigger rich food. Yeah, it's kind of nice to have a super variety here, but it's also really nice to know like really good wine does not have to cost you mm-hmm. X amount mm-hmm. of dollars. Like totally. you can get a really yeah. good wine that is awesome by itself. It's awesome with food. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it comes in a plastic bottle that is also way better for <laughs> our carbon footprint maybe, totally. than what is out there. Yeah. Yeah. We always like to say that you're not paying for the packaging. You're not paying for like the extra floof. You're literally paying for the wine. Um, you know, we're fortunate to be able to cut down our cost of goods. So we're going to extend that to you. Like we could charge, you know, $40 for this wine and it would hold up to any 40 or $60 bottle of cab, but we're actually being able to save a lot by ourselves cutting down what we're doing with our wine. So we're more than happy to extend that to our wine consumers to be able to offer that high quality wine in a, an affordable way. Man, I just love it. I'm about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing this. With oh us. Yeah, yeah, totally. We're happy to have you out and continue to have you out through the summer. Yeah. <laughs> see you at the river. Yeah, see you at Rogers Landing. <laughs> We'll get the pizza. Exactly. We'll meet at the dock. Oh my gosh, perfect. (laughs) Anything else you want people to know or that you want to focus on? Anything? I think we pretty much covered it. I mean, stay tuned because we're always doing new things. But. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Okay. We'll circle back. Yeah, circle back. Yeah. I know. Well, this is like the best. Um, part of our adventure doing the podcast it's like mm-hmm. we're literally getting to hear so many awesome stories um, I mean that's my favorite part is the storytelling yeah but just getting to know like what people are doing why they're doing it is just super interesting so it's been really fun but yeah this is a great story so yeah. thanks for sharing oh yeah well thanks for yeah. listening Thank you. to it <laughs> for having us a lot and, of fun uh, Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> glad it worked out. Yeah, glad well, it worked out. Yes, <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I rented it yeah. out just to be there. <laughs> You're welcome.
Anytime. VIPs. Oh. Anytime. <laughs> we're back for the party. Yes. All right. Be cool. Stay tuned, everybody. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> Do I her line? I'm just trying to emphasize <laughs> Well, we had a really great time. Yes. They are wonderful. That wine was awesome. And I'm really excited about our, oh, our, it's not our party. <laughs> the party we get to attend. <laughs> Their grand opening. Yeah. Tomorrow's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I really loved, I know we're the only ones in there, but I really love the relaxed vibe and, um, You've seen the grand opening posts on their social media. Mm-hmm. We were just there in those comfy chairs by that cool mural. I love that mural. One of the sisters painted that. Well, not painted it. She drew it, and then their mom painted it onto the actual wall. I love this family. These women rock. <laughs> yeah, these women are amazing. I'm so impressed by everything that they've done in such a short amount of time. And just the idea that, you know, someone will say, this is how we do it. And they will say, but why? Why? Yeah. Yes. I love, love it. that. That's I what love we that. Always say. <laughs> yes. Well, anywho, um, follow and visit and check these women out. They are doing awesome things. So uh, you can find them on Instagram at Nomen Wine, and it's N-O-M-E-N Wine. They also have their Distaff Wine, so it's at Distaff Wine on Instagram. And then, of course, they have anything and everything on their website, which is www.nomenwine.com. Following them on those social media sites will, I'm sure, be the best way to get an update. I know that they were talking about being open weekends and then um, moving to more open days with warmer weather. So yeah, it'll be something to look forward to. But if you message them on Instagram or send them an email, they are so quick to respond. They really obviously care about this company that they've created and they want you to enjoy it. So they are there for you. They will do what you need and get those questions answered. If you want some wine shipped to you, it seems like a super quick process. So you can have wine on your doorstep in no time. Yeah, and I think they're there most days, so you can cruise by and pick it up too if you let them know you're coming. Yeah. So it is a little important to mention the idea that even though their their tasting room and a lot of their operations are here in the Willamette Valley, they did mention that their fruit is from the Columbia Valley. So we're, we're really lucky here. We talk about it all the time. The Willamette Valley is amazing. Mm-hmm. Obviously hundreds of wineries at our doorstep, but um, we can drive a few hours and be, you know, if we went south, we'd be in Southern Oregon AVA. Sure. Bunch of sub Appalachians there. And then um, if we drive north, we're not far away from ones that we share with Washington State. True. So Columbia Gorge, Columbia Valley, Walla Walla AVAs are all Appalachians that we share with Washington State. So they go on both sides of our gorge and wineries in both states are sourcing fruit from those areas. And so that's where their fruit is coming from. Yeah, kind of fun that we got to try some Washington, technically wine. We haven't done that yet. So really cool, but you know, bridging the gap, Washington and Oregon. Bridging the gorge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is always nice 
I love Pinot Noir, obviously, but always nice to get to try some of those bigger reds, and the Malbec and the Cab were delightful. Yes, absolutely. I found, well, I couldn't really choose between any of the four that we tried, so I'm obviously very, <laughs> very excited about everything that they're making there. Yeah, we're kind of like them. What's your favorite? I don't know. It changes. Yes. We just had the Sauve Blanc, so it's the Sauve Blanc. Yeah, right. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Last week when I drank the rosé, it was the rosé. It was the rosé. <laughs> All right. Well, um, as always, you can contact us in a few different ways. We're at crushingitwv at gmail.com. If you want to send us your favorite summer spots, if you want to invite us out to talk to you, any of those types of things, we love to hear from you on there. Absolutely. Or on Instagram at crushingitpodcast. And feel free to slide into our DMs. <laughs> Even if you're creepy. No, I haven't had any creepy people yet. That was pretty good. <laughs> yet. And then we look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Yes. If you see us, say hi. If you know who we are. If you know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And cheers. Cheers.